Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Before the episode, let me quickly tell you about my new book. It's titled Measures of Success. It's a book that will help you react less to your performance metrics, every up and down in those. It'll help you lead better. It'll help you improve more. So you can learn more about the book by going to www.measuresofsuccessbook.com or you can search Amazon. It's available as a print book, a Kindle book. It's available through Apple Books. I hope you'll check it out. Hi, this is Mark Raven. If you like this podcast, you might realize I have a blog, leanblog.org. Did you also know that I have another podcast called Lean Blog Audio? And there I basically, occasionally, or as often as I can, I read audiobook style versions of blog posts. So you can go to leanblog.org slash audio or search in your favorite podcast place for Lean Blog Audio. I hope that'll give you something else uh, that's food for thought, something else to help you in your lean journey. Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to the podcast, episode 131 for November 28th, 2011. My guest today is Paul Borowski. He is the CEO of ASQ, the American Society for Quality. We're going to be talking about ASQ, their recently completed National Quality Month, and we'll talk about a number of other topics, including the recent ending of federal funding for the Malcolm Baldridge National Quality Award. So we'll hear Paul's thoughts on that and a number of topics. Uh, related to ASQ, I'm very happy that I'm going to be participating in, I'll, I'll be a speaker at the 2012 Lean and Six Sigma Conference, which is being held February 27th and 28th, 2012 in Phoenix. If you've never been to Phoenix in February, you are missing out. It is a great place to be, and I'm sure it's a great conference, even though we'll be inside and in conference rooms at the hotel. I hope you will um, hope you'll come, and I think it's going to be a great event. I'll be talking about my upcoming book, Healthcare Kaizen, in that session. So as always, thanks for listening to the podcast. For more episodes, you can go to leanpodcast.org and check in daily on the blog for more content at leanblog.org. Well, again, our guest is Paul Borowski from ASQ. Thanks for taking time to talk today, Paul. Thanks, Mark. Glad to be with you. So I was wondering if you could start off, uh, introduce yourself for the listeners, talk a little bit about your um, professional background and how you got involved in quality. Well, uh, Mark, my whole uh, professional background has been in what the world would call association management. So I've, uh, for 33 years, worked uh, for two large societies, uh, ASQ for the last uh, 25. So what I've learned about quality, I've learned by my immersion in uh, the subject in the field uh, through, my, uh, through, my, through my work and uh, had the good fortune uh, in the early years to have the opportunity to meet people like David Kearns and Bob Galvin and Roger Billiken and, and the host of CEOs at the time that were very visible and vocal on on the importance of quality and uh, and kind of got the bug. Well, I'm sure that's the case to have been involved in ASQ for uh, for 25 years. Um, can you talk a little bit? I mean, since you have such a background with ASQ, um, talk a little bit about some of the background of the organization and how things have evolved um, over the years. The big evolution, I would say, Mark. Quality has changed a lot in. Uh, the 25 years that I've been here, and uh, ASQ in response. Uh, we'd like to think that uh, 
that we helped lead the response of evolution. And when I first got here 25 years ago, quality was uh, dominantly the subject of manufacturing and dominantly limited to the subject of product. And I think uh, over the years, we've certainly seen quality uh, lead the plant floor and come into the boardrooms and certainly lead manufacturing for every sector of the economy. I'm really excited to see the impact quality is having in healthcare and government and uh, and increasingly uh, of global proportion. So ASQ has, has responded to that. Our members live in 140 countries, and ASQ today has offices in China and India, Mexico, and uh, soon to be Brazil and, and the Middle East. And, I, and with that evolution uh, and spread of you know, formal quality practices, one one of ASQ's publications is, is a book uh, I thought was um, quite good called Lean Doctors. Um, so you know, ASQ has a role as uh, a publisher, um, as a professional organization um, running conferences. Um, can, can you talk about some of the aspects of, of ASQ and what the organization does for you know, individuals, professional development, or to try to help move, you know, the quality field forward in general? Yeah, I, I think, Mark, you, you've got, you know, good grasp, you provided it. ASQ starts on a foundation that we're a membership organization. We, we exist for the benefit of organizations and individuals who come to us with the desire to learn about a topic or a subject, in many cases a, uh, a profession, and rely on the society to be the source of objective information, and, and the source of professional development uh, to uh, participate in our conference and training, to be certified, and to network with other people uh, exploring the same vocational interests that they have so that they can share their concerns and get help and share their successes and get support and recognition. And so, um, you know, that's the foundation of professional associations, uh, which is being shaped very dramatically by the uh, the the presence of the Internet in the last uh, 15 years. And so societies are changing to take advantage of the Internet as a source of information, value, community, and, and networking. Yeah, and in fact, earlier, I, just earlier today, in fact, I called and renewed my ASQ membership for another year. Um, it's an organization um, that I've been involved in. And talk about um, use of the Internet. Um, one, one of the things we're here to talk about today um, it was ASQ's participation in World Quality Month, which was actually um, in the month of November. Um, if you can talk about World Quality Month, I know there are all sorts of really creative things going on, such as video contests of, of people submitting videos and taking advantage of uh, the Internet that way. But can you talk a little bit more broadly just about um, World Quality Month and, and what some of the key messages are? Yeah, the, the purpose of uh, World Quality Month is uh, picking up something that ASQ had started in the 80s and uh, the world picked up, which was we used to have National Quality Month. October was National Quality Month. And the world picked up November as World Quality Day, a day I think it was the second Tuesday or something like that in November. And so uh, we've chosen, ASQ's chosen, to join the world and moving towards November and to make it a month to to recognize that organizations around the world uh, have different, different observances of World Quality Month, and, and we felt we could play an instrumental role of kind of creating a, a fulcrum and a clearinghouse of all the world's quality organizations and their efforts to uh, raise their voice in November. I think, you know, one of the things quality still struggles with is uh, getting the community, the world, executives, uh, policymakers to understand what modern quality is. So... 
uh, World Flying Month just gives us the opportunity to uh, wave the flag and bring attention and uh, encourage people to raise their voice and tell their stories. So um, with World Quality Month and uh, the UQ um, video promotion where you know people are submitting videos about quality, uh, what, what can people do? Where, where can they go to view those videos? Well, Mark, the, uh, the uh, contest just closed and the videos have, are being made available to uh, facebook.com.asq and it's there that anybody can go take a look and, uh, and cast their vote. Okay, so facebook.com slash ASQ. Um, would be a place to go uh, for that. And, you know, so with World Quality Month um, ending, you know, Paul, from your perspective, you know, if, if you think of the state of quality today, you know, more broadly, I mean, you've already talked about how you know, quality methods um, have, have spread from manufacturing to other industries. Where, where do you think things stand today and, and, and looking ahead, um, maybe, you know, perhaps into the next couple of years? Well, my, it's, you know, it's that's a, Fantastically interesting question because it can go in in so many so many ways. Uh, you know, for instance, I would I I would want to think that American manufacturers are going to be rediscovering quality, but in a different way. I think uh, uh, you know the past years have been devoted to uh, Six Sigma and Lean and the reduction of waste and uh, the contribution of quality to the bottom line. And and during that time, uh, perhaps some organizations have lost sight of the customer. So there may be a reemergence of Customer in the manufacturing sense. In healthcare, um, I think quality is just beginning to uh, to come into its own, and uh, and the healthcare industry understanding the, the the contribution quality can make. The the stories of the Baldage recipients in healthcare are astoundingly uh, exciting. And as we look around the world, uh, we see lots of opportunity from some of the some of the best organizations uh, on par with uh, any around the world, and in other places. Uh, Huge opportunities where where quality and the basic tools are still yet undiscovered. So, I, I think uh, Dr. Duran gave us a a really valuable prophecy when he said the 21st century will be the century of quality. And I think those who are passionate and committed and dedicated to that have a lot of work to do to make that prophecy a reality. Uh, certainly, our our uh, our society and the world and uh, our planet are are uh, crying for for the benefits. Uh, that quality can deliver, and those who understand it uh, deliver in their organizations. But how we get the world to to, to really pay attention is is the big challenge. Yeah, and yeah, I would agree. I mean, you, you cite the great examples of um, some of the improvements that are taking place in in quality. Some of the Baldrige Award winners um, from healthcare are doing great things. You know, organizations that are using lean and Six Sigma and, and other. You know, uh, you know, combinations um, of, of those in different methodologies um, are, are doing great things. There's still a lot of room for improvement there in healthcare. Um, you know, I think of you know the the, the century of quality. Um, you know, it's almost cliche to complain about um, bad service with airlines. I'm a, a frequent flyer, but you know, I think of you know, it, it seems uh, my perception, and, and I don't know if this is too cynical. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. That a lot of organizations regardless of quality tools, just so often seem to lose sight of customers. I think airlines, um, unfortunately, some of them tend to uh, be the most egregious in, in that regard. Um, do, do you think, um, you know, if you look at uh, across different service industries, are organizations really embracing this idea of um, 
really maintaining customer focus and, and quality? Um, is it is it too hard to generalize? What what, what are some of the, um, the 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 trends that you see in in that sense of um, you know industries or, or customers reinforcing the importance of quality or or losing sight of it? I think market would it, it I would say it's it's very hard to generalize. So I'd say in terms of picking up trends and the signal strength of those trends, really hard from from the sensing capabilities that, that we have here. We we are next year uh, or this year planning to do a, a global state of quality research initiative to to try and bring more qualitative and quantitative uh, understanding of the sameness and differentness of quality around the world. That should be really interesting, but. Uh, Again, I'd say even in service companies, you find you find some organizations that really seem to understand it. Uh, some are doing it instinctually. Some are doing it through the science of management. Um, and other organizations, that, uh, industries, as you say, that seem uh, to have a deaf ear. The, 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 the value of uh, distinguishing yourself in the creation of an experience that's rewarding to the customer and uh, the efficiency and benefit that comes from doing it that way. I, I'm still dumbfounded by the number of organizations that seem not to understand what the cost of poor quality and service is costing on the top line and the bottom line. Now, one of, um, you, you mentioned Baldridge, and um, you know, Baldridge, I, I think, has been one of um, the, the, the key programs to, to help create awareness and, and help push quality forward in, in different industries, including Healthcare and of course manufacturing and other settings. Now, as we record this today here on uh, November 18th, there's, um, I guess, what's relatively breaking news today related to um, the Baldrige program. If, if you can tell the listeners about that, Paul. Sure, sure, Mark. We're, we've been working for months now um, to uh, to try and stave uh, a movement in Washington that uh, that uh, seemed to identify the the Baldrige program as an award program. Unsuitable for federal funding, and, uh, and we've done a lot of work to to try and uh, inform Washington about uh, the fact that it's not an award program. It's really a program that, that improves the competitiveness of of our com- companies and our organizations, our schools, our our hospitals. That creates jobs, that uh, takes costs out of government. Um, but the answer seems to be, well, we gave you a twenty three year running head start and legacy, uh, let the private sector take it forward if it's important. So today the president signed uh, into law on a mini omnibus that uh, that serves to uh, do a lot of things, including uh, uh, cease the funding of the Baldrige Award uh, as of today, as of the stroke of his pen. So the good news is there's a Baldrige Foundation, there's a, a state alliance of programs, there's a continuing interest of uh, the Baldridge office and ASQ meeting to uh, talk about Baldridge in the, in, in, in the period beyond federal funding. And, uh, and I think there's some excitingly good uh, ideas being uh, pursued of ways to more effectively utilize the resources of the system. And the Baldridge Foundation has uh, committed to seeing the, uh, the fiscal year 11 and, uh, and the calendar year 12 programs through to completion. So it's a time of transition, a time of change, innovation, and new opportunity. But uh, a little disappointing for me uh, that uh, it, it suggests that uh, our government doesn't quite yet understand the role quality can play uh, in, uh, in the vitality of our economy. And in contrast that, Mark, I was in, 
in uh, Beijing, China, two weeks ago, and they have a minister-level cabinet role for national policy on quality in China. So, you know, here, here's a uh, country focused at the highest level of government on the importance and impact of quality. They're clearly humble in how much uh, progress they need to make and that they're still a developing country, but uh, they're focused, they're planned, they're putting resource and time and attention, and uh, the U.S. Congress seems to say uh, if it's good, then the private sector should pay for it. So to, to be clear, the end of um, the federal funding by no means means the end of the Baldridge Award and, and ongoing development of, of those criteria and all of that administration. Will, will that be housed and run primarily by the Baldridge Foundation instead of NIST and, and other um, entities in, in government? Well, I don't think we have a, an answer for that yet. I, I don't believe the foundation is going to build uh, managerial capacity. But there are 38 state programs, all of which have, you know, capacity, administration, wherewithal. Of course, ASQ has been the administrator of the award uh, for 23 years, so we have uh, experience and capability. So I think what we're going to see is the confluence of all the resources, rationalizing uh, perhaps a new and innovative approach to the continuation of the work. Well, so, yeah, hopefully you're right that um, even though this may be a bit of a, a step back in terms of some of the um, exposure or visibility of the program that, um, you know, like you said, hopefully this is you know a, a new era where, where groups will, different organizations will step up and um, help, um, you know, keep the program running, if, if not strengthen it and uh, help it grow over time. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting, Mark. I, you know, I spend a lot of time traveling, and uh, Baldridge and quality are synonymous in almost every place of the world. The, the U.S. is well regarded because of its Baldridge program, and uh, so it. Uh, I'm certain that will go forward. It's just discouraging uh, that, that the government seems not to think it a priority. Now, one other thing, Paul, I, I was hoping we could chat about here. Um, you know, I've been reading your blog, and I'll, I'll link to. Um, your, your blog in, uh, on the ASQ website, uh, on um, on my blog, on, on the post for um, this episode. Um, one post that, that really caught my eye, and I was wondering if you could talk about and summarize um, for the listeners. You had a post recently remembering um, you know, two very well-known um, leaders from the, from the high-tech industry and the manufacturing world um, who've passed away recently, uh, Bob Galvin and, and Steve Jobs. Um, if you can share um, some of your reflections on, uh, you know, clearly two, two very uh, different men, um, but if you can talk about their contributions to um, quality and, and what some of your recollections are. Well, it, you know, it was, um, you know, fascinating to me that uh, both, uh, both men, uh, you know, died in the, in the same week. Bob Galvin, uh, was a person that I'd had the opportunity to to spend some time with. Uh, I I wouldn't say we're friends, but I think you would recognize me if we passed in the hall. I, I'd certainly say I had ten or twelve hours in his presence, and I always thought of him as the dean of American business. Uh, certainly, you know, running uh, one of the best that uh, Motorola ushered in the the age of cellular phone technology, um, and there was a lot of wisdom in uh, Mr. Galvin's understanding of. Uh, business and quality and the importance of quality and it was always top and 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 you know front and center on his leadership agenda um uh, you know steve i think it's interesting we call them both uh, bob and steve as though they're friends 
um, you know, Steve uh, brought a very different contribution to, to uh, our understanding of enterprise and uh, very unconventional in terms of his uh, leadership style, but certainly remarkable in the impact his vision on technology uh, and the gift of uh, beautifully designed product in, in our lives. Well, I think it kind of speaks to the idea of, you know, different definitions of quality. I mean, looking at you know, it might be more of a, you know, kind of extension of um, the Six Sigma approach that came out of Motorola, thinking of quality in terms of being, you know, defect-free products, but also thinking of quality maybe more along the lines of uh, what Steve Jobs pictured it as, um, meeting the customer's needs or even, you know, kind of exceeding and anticipating needs that customers didn't think they had. And, you know, it's interesting to see I, I don't believe that Apple has really been, you know, a quote-unquote Six Sigma company. Maybe some of their manufacturing partners uh, at this point in China and other companies use Lean and Six Sigma to try to develop um, and deliver on the defect-free aspect of quality. Um, curious to hear some of your thoughts to see, what, you know, from, from Bob Gavin and Steve Jobs, are these, you know, different or complementary views, or can you think of circumstances where people are maybe combining both views of quality? Yeah. Again, I mean, Motorola is, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, has a long company story. You know, longer longer than Apple's. But I, I think in the Bob Galvin leadership era, there was a, a, what emerged from that is the notion of a culture of quality, right? And and an American pursuit of perfection and outcome. And I think Motorola, um, well known as an innovator. Um, um, Apple, I think uh, you'd say likewise. I mean. We, uh, Astounding results in terms of uh, shooting in front of the dock and delivering to the customer products they didn't even know they wanted, right? Uh, but also, I think, you know, aesthetic quality. I think one of the things, uh, you know, that, uh, that I always wonder about is how come other companies don't uh, uh, decode how successful Apple's been in providing us products that are lovely to touch and hold and, and look at? And I know that there's, they have aesthetic standards that are as rigorous as any of their production standards. And uh, and uh, so it's been fascinating for me to to watch that kind of industrial design uh, innovation activity that Apple has brought to our lives. Yeah, and it'll certainly see it'd be interesting to see how those two companies um, move forward on, on on their path. You know, Bob Galvin. I mean, he he'd been formally retired from Motorola for quite some time. Steve Jobs clearly um, you know involved with Apple in, in, in different ways up until. Um, the very end, but um, two very different, interesting um, companies to follow, and, and glad yeah. that you're blogging about that and other topics. So again, you know, for those of you listening, you can go to asq.org/blog uh, and read posts from Paul and others. Um, so again, our, our guest has been Paul Borowski, the CEO of ASQ, the American Society for Quality. Um, Paul, appreciate you taking time. If you have any um, final thoughts you'd want to uh, share with our listeners. No, Mark, I've, I've enjoyed the time. I think you, you've uh, you prepared well and, and, and took us on a journey of uh, a collection of interesting questions. I, I would just say uh, that uh, if listeners hear this during the month of uh, November, to, 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 to do something, to raise their voice, to tell the rest of the world uh, how important quality is and the difference it could make uh, in our lives and in our world. I think uh, I think we're, we're, we're just scraping the surface of, of the impact quality can have, and uh, the quality community needs to be a little bolder and the expression of uh, what it knows to be true. 
Okay, well, Paul, um, thanks again. Thanks for your leadership with ASQ, and uh, it's good to talk to you today. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.